Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday night edition of Sci-Fi Watcher, the main show, the show that you all come out to watch every week over at sayproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher. Glad you could join us. I am Corey Schreit, as always, and my friend Mr. Brian Lee has joined me again. Brian, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Just good to be here. Good good be ready for another movie. Yes, I'm excited about this one. Domari Gatto, Ex Machina, Machina. I can't even get it right now. I was goofing around before the show saying Ex Machina, Ex Machina. Now I can't say Ex Machina. Now you're tongue-tied. I'm tongue-tied. I also complain to Brian that I don't like the title of this show, this movie, because every time I typed in Ex Machina, I came up with Ex Machine. A force of habit. <laughs> this is not a word to me. This is not a word. It just keeps autocorrecting, huh? Yes. For the love of God. No, Damn it's autocorrect. Not, it's not autocorrect. It's me. <laughs> like Force of habit. You know, you're programmed to type words certain ways, and it's not letting me type it that way. Bad programming. Bad, bad. Well, for example, like when I type my name, C-O-R-E-Y, if I have to send an email, and I've done this before to other people with their name Corey, C-O-R-Y, still want to throw that E in there. And I have a hard time with your last name for some reason. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but let's 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 before we start the show, I want I want to I want to thank and curse Mr. Brian Lee for helping. I I said, hey, dude, can you make a thumbnail, a YouTube thumbnail with these dimensions, so I can update all the, the the youtube covers yep and uh he's like hey you want me to do it yeah okay and he's like hey give me access and that took me two days to figure out how to give him access to the youtube page because it's not just click click here mm-hmm. and he got them all he's like hey what do these look like i'm like they look beautiful and he puts them all up and i'm like hey where's the template i want to use it so i can make the next ones which if you guys are watching this video after the fact on youtube you'll see it and i open up i go dude you spelled my last name wrong Oh, double R. He put double R. It's like, it just sounds like that R should be there. Charrette. Charrette. I'm going to change your name. I'm going to take the Y out of your name and put an I in there. Uh, Okay. Oh, yeah. You don't care. Still sound the same. Yeah. Mine sounds the same too. (laughs) So he went back yesterday. Fortunately, it wasn't that difficult to do, but went back and changed them all. And thank God we don't have a lot of episodes on YouTube. Yeah, I'd just be grumpy today. Oh, my God. That would have been like, yep, still working. So you guys don't notice the mistake, but it is fixed, and they are out there. And go check it out, the YouTube page. If you go to sayproductions.com slash YouTube, that'll take you right to our page with all the shows. There's playlists there, too, which is pretty cool. Uh, I set up a playlist, so every time a new episode comes out, shows up on the playlist. Yeah, if you're you're listening to this in your podcatcher and you want to see our ugly mugs, hey – Come check yeah. us out on YouTube. And and Brian put a uh, a uh, what is it like the playlist for the live stuff coming up shows yeah. up on there too, which is great. I was like, wow, you can do that, awesome. So it's a no brainer. Sayitproductions.com slash YouTube. All right, I think we said enough. Let's get into the news. This was this is a story you talked about last week about uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, I thought it was a fun little story. So apparently, someone on YouTube. It's a YouTube channel called Derp Fakes. Uh, did some machine learning hacking and basically replaced um, the guy who played in uh, Solo. He put Harrison Ford's face in there. And it, it basically shows how impressive uh, technology can be. And it really just takes snippets of video of Harrison Ford and they can take every position of his face, every kind of smile and wrinkle. When you watch it, it looks pretty good, you know? 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a well, I'm kind of you guys know I'm a continuity freak. To me, the same actor should play the same role no matter what. Of course, for prequels, you kind of can't do that. But the thing with Harrison Ford is he's done movies way before Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in American Graffiti is a great example, stuff like that. So we know what young Harrison Ford looks like. Right. So it's kind of like, uh, he's not Harrison Ford. It's uh, it's not working for me. There is a guy that, I forget his name. I, if I had it pulled up, I, I'd put it in there. But Harrison Ford did a movie a few years back, and they hired a guy that looks almost just like him did i show that guy to you we talked about it off the air it was yeah it was mind-blowing i can't think of a i'm trying to find it right now but yeah this was uh it was one of his movies uh where they showed him as a younger it's the teenager i thank god my links are highlighted after i use them it was the age of adeline age of adeline right and, i and forgot the, the actor's name but... anthony and gruber anthony there and you gruber. Go. yeah so look he, up anthony and gruber he looks like a splitting image of of Harrison Ford. Why they didn't hire him, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, color his hair a little different, do his hair a little bit. I, if you can get the mannerisms down, boom. And also, he's almost the same height as Harrison Ford when they're standing up. This guy Alden Eric, mm-hmm. who plays him now, is like three inches shorter. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. look right. Yeah, this guy. Check it out, guy. Anthony Anthony Gruber. This guy is just amazing. Um, I would like to see. I've well, I haven't seen Solo yet, but I would like to see this version of Solo with Harrison Ford's face put on there. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, someone could do it. I mean, Carrie Fisher was thrown into the uh, Rogue One movie. That took a lot of time, though. Peter Cushing, the the role Peter Cushing played that they brought him back for that was. You could tell it wasn't perfect, but I mean, that must have taken a lot of work, too. Yeah. All right. So episode 16 of our show, which links in this show notes, we talked about a film, a great film in my book. They live John Carpenter film. Well, apparently Mr. Carpenter is teasing a sequel to They Live. Really? Um. Yeah, I don't know how you would. I mean. I don't know if you'd want to say a, a, a legit. I mean, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the the great wrestler, passed away a few years ago, so he couldn't be in it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, should they touch something that's got this cult status that's you know near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, or should they try to reinvigorate the 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 the, the I would say franchise, but the you know the film? Yeah, and, and John Carpenter, he's getting up there in in age, and in multiple interviews. He's kind of like, if you pay me my, pay me enough, I'll do it kind of attitude for things. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this one, I mean, this is a, this is a, a, a cult classic, but it's also one of those films that gets lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. If you weren't, I mean, you never heard, did you hear this film before we even talked about it? Oh yeah. I think I had watched it before. Okay. But I think people that are younger than us, you know, in their twenties, early thirties, they probably never heard of this film. No, it, it is a cult classic, though. People do look it up because it's so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially the glasses and seeing the aliens. I love that. The whole glasses thing just, just yeah. amazing to me. Uh, we talk about on this show the Orville, which uh, make sure you check them out. They come out on Wednesday nights here. And uh, Brian's got something that might be shocking about the Orville. Yeah. According to this article on sciencefiction.com, um, the Orville's may be more scientific than we thought. And it appears that Neil deGrasse Tyson 
has consulted on the Orville. And the reason being, excuse me, um, is because of the show Cosmos. So the producers of both of those shows are on the same network. So they kind of share resources. So if they have something they're writing, they kind of go to those guys and go, Hey, is this possible? Can we do this? And, you know, sure enough, they get some advice. I kind of, I kind of like the, uh, when they do stuff like that to uh, make a show more realistic. Cause you know, there's always somebody out there going, no, that's not real. Yeah. I want to know about the spatial anomalies. We keep talking, you know, we're, we're going to talk about that. So we always do. I want to know what the heck that means. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a, we have no idea what to, how to describe this. Let's just call it a spatial anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, check out the episode uh, comes out on Wednesdays for the Orville. All right, moving on. I talked about John Carpenter. I'm going to talk about Ridley Scott. Now Ridley Scott, who of course who's done films like alien blade runner, Ridley Scott for crying out loud. First time he's going to start to actually direct a TV show. He's going to make his directorial debut on a TNT show called Raised by Wolves, which is going to be a high concept sci-fi show. According to the press release, it's about two androids tasked with raising human children on a mysterious virgin planet. As the burgeoning colony of humans threaten to be torn apart by religious differences, the androids learn that controlling the beliefs of humans is a treacherous and difficult task. Mm. I'm intrigued. Oh, I am too. Um, well, we did talk a little while f- about uh, Falling Skies, which was oh, on Yeah, I, That's what scares me a little bit. It's, this is on the same network. But it is Ridley Scott. I mean, the other show did not have you know a huge showrunner like this. But he's only directing. He's not writing. So He's directing the whole series or maybe a couple episodes? It, it says he's just going to direct. So I'm assuming probably... He'll probably direct like the the pilot episode or the first couple episodes just so they have a name attached to it. And then, you know, kind of like uh, John Favreau directed the first episode of the Orville. Mm-hmm. It might be that. I I don't it's not going to be, you know, Ridley Scott's. Yeah, but because words. it's on TNT is probably going to be dumbed down a lot. That's Spe- my only fear. Yeah. Special effects aren't going to be the best. The story might be. Uh, I don't know. I have to take a look at it and see. Maybe it's worth looking talking about but tnt kind of turns me off right away yeah unless they you know well tnt also does a vinyl space so that's true but (laughs) that's not really giving me a good argument for a live action science fiction show it's (laughs) sci-fi oh if it's sci-fi it must be good that's right all right brian another star wars uh story here yeah, this was kind of cool. I didn't know anything about this, but apparently there was a supposed lost making of the Empire Strikes Back that was, you know, only aired on VHS. Um, so a YouTube channel, Adeline Adawan Revisited, has uploaded the documentary after he bought a rare DVD at an auction. So this was 40 years ago when this was released. So. It's like an hour-long documentary. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube. It's not the greatest quality, but it has some cool behind-the-scenes stuff that you probably haven't seen before. Interviews with Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford. Uh, There's surprisingly very little George Lucas in it. You know, you thought you would see something about George Lucas, but more um, the other people that were behind the scenes. Uh, What is the guy's name? Lawrence Kasdan? 
you know, he was a major part of um, Empire Strikes Back. So pretty cool stuff. I have a feeling that you mentioned this now. I have a feeling I heard about this years ago. That mm-hmm. this was only somewhere out on VHS. Right. Kind of lost, though, if you didn't have that. But this guy found a rare DVD that had it. So he was able to rip it and put it out there. Oh, damn. So, well, you know those conventions and stuff like that. People get some weird bootleg and underground crap. So that's probably where it was for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was probably right next to the Star Wars Holiday Special VHS tape. <laughs> the one that doesn't exist. You know what I'm talking about. The Geek Graveyard. Yep. <laughs> I have seen that, believe it or not. It shows my age. Yeah, sorry. I didn't, I don't want to see it. I have seen that on television. I'm very sorry. It shows my age. I heard it was bad. I, yeah. <laughs> All right, last story of the night here. Let's talk about this. Scientists working at the NASA's Fermi Gamma Ray Space Telescope have named a gamma ray constellation TARDIS, of course, in reference to the show Doctor Who. Uh, it's a telescope is dedicated to exploring gamma ray radiation uh, to celebrate the mission's 10th year of operation. New series of constellations constructed from sources in gamma ray sky have been created, including one based on the antimatter powered USS enterprise from star Trek, the incredible Hulk and the product of a gamma ray experiment gone awry. And of course the TARDIS, the time traveling machine that the doctor uses. So wait, there is a constellation of stars that are named the TARDIS. Yes. They called it that now. Of course that are- it's weird. Is, are the, is it shaped like a police box? I don't know. There's there's nothing here. It's just in the story. It just says, oh, they name stars like that. So I'm assuming it'll be some sort of like, you know, rectangular type of thing. Small, smaller on the outside. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, smaller on the outside. Hey, I don't care. It's Doctor Who. I'm happy about it. There you go. All right, let's get into the show now. Ex Machina. I said it right that time. Came out April 10th, 2015. Written and directed by Alex Garland. Garland. Starring Domino Gleason, Alicia Fikinder, Oscar Isaac, and Sonoya Mizuno, which is basically the entire cast. 108 minutes long. And? And that's the whole movie right there. That's all I need to say. Yeah. Pretty much. It's a super rich guy, very smart, creates a a robot. I mean, do they say robot? It's not an android. Maybe. I would call it an Android. I would right? too, but I don't even know if they made a reference to it. I think they just call it like artificial intelligence, basically. The yeah. Whole time. So the guy is like Elon Musk in a way. Yeah. An Elon Musk that owns Google. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Because he uses the search result, which is kind of scary. I mean, basically, it, it's a, a slam on and Google is how he's going through people's search results to see what they're looking up and. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I know what happens. I don't need to know. Yeah. So the guy, Caleb, was one, quote unquote, to go there. And of course, they talk about the Turing test, which basically says if you can convince a human that a machine is real, it passes the Turing test. Mm hmm. Right. And then we're introduced to Ava, Mm -hmm. which is basically a robot stripper. (laughs) Oh, you had to go there. He made her, I mean, he made her look like, you know, very, very curvy, very vivacious. Right. And it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a person that, I don't know, just by the way he acts, he probably 
wants something for sex, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, he does make a reference about how there's a certain um, orifice that have sensors. Right. You know, I mean, so yeah. I mean, obviously that's that's mentioned later on. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a week-long... I don't even know what it was. An experiment, I guess, trying to... I mean, I couldn't figure out what Caleb was doing there, basically. I mean... Well, Caleb was there to... First of all, Caleb had a number of factors that he was picked for. One, he had no family, no friends, no ties to anyone. Um, Plus, he knew about AI and all this stuff. So that's why he was picked. Um, I think he was also because he was disposable. You can get rid of him later on. He was just there to prove what he has made was satisfactory i guess you know because mm. he he's got biases if it was just him so he wanted to have a real world subject there um it got really trippy um we did recommend another one of alex garland's film we, we reviewed um annihilation so watching this is this a little better would you say all right so let's work our way up okay bottom of the pit barrel is moon trap Anni- yeah. Annihilation's above it, and this is this is definitely way above that. I thought it would kind of redeem me. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I th- I'm glad you went backwards. You did the the crappier film first. Yeah. Um. There was also. I mean, I will put this in the show notes, but I found this article that is relating a lot of this to to God and religion. Um. Basically, Eva is also. Um, I guess Latin for Eve. So she's like Eve being created by God, which is Nathan. Um, also Caleb was a biblical name. He was a spy commissioned by Moses to scope out Canaan. Um, there were seven acts for Ava, those sessions. There's also seven days of creation. You know, there's wow. a lot of stuff in there. That's deep. Yeah, that was deep. I mean, that's somebody's interpretation. But it makes sense. She was evolving a little bit with each session. Um, Did you think she was evolving? I felt like she was learning how to lie. That's what I put in my notes. Yeah, I was wondering if she could lie from the get-go. Well, I don't know. Could she? I mean, did she ever lie? That's the question at hand. I wrote down there was there was lies because she's. She's, I think she was faking liking him. Mm, That's my thing. Mm. I don't think she truly cared about him. She was faking empathy. She was reading his reactions to her stimuli or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then making adjustments and then going, how can I get him to do what I want? Oh, I'll do this. You're you're right though, because obviously at the end, uh, she really doesn't like him that much. She would have saved him if she cared. Bingo. You're, <laughs> yeah. You're exactly right. She would have. Yeah. Um, what did you think about, you know, Nathan just getting in a drunken stupor all the time? That didn't make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, you, there's only basically, there's three of you there. You know, I mean, you've got, you know, it's it's you, Caleb, and Kyoto, Kyoko who is this, I'm assuming Japanese, excuse me if I'm wrong. Yes. Person who doesn't speak English, that's his his servant. 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's not the right word, but she's like, she's, <coughs> she's, just, she's helping him out. She's, she's making the meal. She's clean up. She's like the housekeeper, basically. She's Mrs. Garrett. Well, I think she's a lesser version of Ava, not as advanced, you know. Yeah, but we don't know that yet, or we're not supposed to know that yet. She's supposed to also. He also mentioned that she doesn't speak English, so that he can talk about, you know, trade secrets and stuff. Trade secrets, yeah. And, but I don't know. I think she can understand it from what we saw. Uh-huh. Um, there was some stuff that was cool when, well, I'll I'll, I'll keep going. Well, I'll talk about that later. I mean, I mean, we go through each day of the week. I mean, we got the power failures going on, mm-hmm. and, and there's a kind of a disturbing comment that Nathan says. He said something about when they're talking about the power failures. He's like, "Yeah, I had, you know, these just started up. I had a crew down here setting this whole thing up, and then after they were, you know, they were, I couldn't bring them back to to do this because of the, the secret, the trade secrets I got. And besides, I I have to, I had to kill them afterwards. Did he say I have to had to kill them? Yeah, he did, and then and then Caleb kind of like laughed it off, and he didn't say anything. I don't remember writing. I should have written that down. Something like that It was like a reference to yeah, I had I had to kill them. Oh, okay. It was like, and and Caleb's like, "Uh," and it's like nothing. I'm like, oh, that's not that's not funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you're watching this, could you tell it's a low budget, or did that even matter to you? it was fifteen million dollar budget. It wasn't super low, but I it had that independent feel to it. Yeah. Did that turn you off in any way? No. I mean, I, the fact the reason I felt like it was an independent movie is because there was basically just four people in the whole movie. Gravity was that way. Well, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Gravity had two people. Yeah, that's true too. But but the the special effects in that were a lot more amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was an enclosed environment. This was inside a building. It was basically one location for people. I thought that the effects that they put on Ava was very cutting edge. I mean, when you could see through her skin and it seemed seamless, you didn't seem jerky. I'm sure mm-hmm. that took a lot of effort. But. I was wondering, I, I didn't look at any of the, um, how the making of this stuff, but almost I was almost wondering if they had her like in like a, like a, a blue suit of some sort. Yeah, blue or green suit. Yeah, and then just like, Put the 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 special effects on that way. Yeah, but you had to make sure it moved right. Mm-hmm. Walking around and stuff like that. I didn't see any pop out or anything like that. So no, I mean it it was flawless. I mean they I think they put most of the money in the special effects of her. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess that's why they needed less people too. <laughs> mm, yeah. I mean, you really don't need that many people to do a movie like this anyway. And this was before uh, Oscar Isaac got big. Before he was doing Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Right, right before Star Wars. This probably helped him get Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, what's his say? Uh, the the guy who played Caleb was also in Star Wars. So. Oh, that's right. I remember. Yeah, yeah. He plays uh, General somebody or another. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's in the, he's in the, the the latest three movies, seven, eight, and nine. And Alicia too. She was a relative unknown actor. Now she's been in a lot of stuff. She was in uh, Tomb Raider recently. So. Yeah. This this film to me is basically for her. Yeah, I mean, she. I mean, it's like this is her film. This she's the main character in this. The, the heck with Nathan or Caleb or Kyoko. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the one thing that, that bothered me was the whole drunkenness. I want to know what he was, what the director was insinuating about him. Always, he was like drinking all the time. Mm-hmm. I never found an answer for that, but I might look some more. 
I don't know, maybe maybe boredom. I mean, you're in an enclosed area 24-7. Yeah. He drinks at night. He doesn't drink during the day. Mm-hmm. For the most part. I mean, at the end, he I mean, the end it kind of insinuates he does. Um, but I don't know. I, then we get to the weird thing. I don't know about you, but the weirdest part of this film was the whole dancing scene. Everyone loves the dancing scene. That's like a meme now. It is spooky, though. I liked it. It was spooky, though. The dancing also uh, reinforced how she was a robot, how Kyoko was a robot. Because he was just mimicking... She was mimicking his moves or he was mimicking her moves or something. Something was, like that. Yeah. As soon as he cut the music on, she started dancing. I'm like, she's a robot. Yeah. I mean, when, I, when I first saw it, I'm like, yeah, she's a robot. Well, I thought of that from the beginning, honestly. Oh, really? I don't... It, yeah, we'll talk about that at the end, though. But yeah, that dancing scene, I was just like, this seems weird. It's like, the film just went off the rails for a second there. What what the hell's going on? I love the dancing part. I thought it was hilarious. Mm, okay. <laughs> I was I was like, I need to be drunk right it, now. It took you out, huh? It, it, yeah, it kind of scared me a little bit. I was like, okay, you're just weird. I think it was a little bit of levity for what was going on, because it was so depressing, you yeah. know, watching what was going on. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the twist? I mean, we can go ahead and I guess talk about the twist. Okay, now what do you what do you mean like the twist? What what part of the the twist? Well, I mean the twist where Caleb actually does a misdirect, and he was like, "I already planted the codes to unlock everything while you were drunk and all that." But we saw him doing something. Yeah. So it wasn't really a twist. I'm like. You see him in the code coding, so I'm like, he's. Well, doing we didn't something. know. We didn't know what he was doing, though. I had a feeling it had to be what he said he was doing. Okay. But I didn't expect the other twist that Nathan had had put that battery operated uh, camera there to record them when the power went out. Yeah, I thought that was good. That to me was the twist. Yeah, that was a good twist. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of. I mean, I was like watching this film, like, all right, we're going through each of these sessions. Can we just like fast forward? I'm like, it seems like it was kind of redundant. Okay. Let's let's talk to her today. All right, what did you learn? Well, this is what I learned. Let's talk to her again today. What'd you learn? This is what I learned. It's like I think a lot of it is is the the writer, director doing some waxing on philosophy with us mm-hmm. in some of those sessions, exploring the nature of humans and blah blah blah. A lot of it was that. Okay. But I could have skipped a couple sessions here. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It was pretty evident from the beginning what was going on. I mean, from the get-go, I'm like, okay, Kyoko is a robot. Apparently, this robot inside the glass cage, which was weird in itself, or another one, which I didn't realize there was another one before, got really mad and tried to escape because you see the, the cracked glass in the corner. Mm-hmm. which they yep. just show a couple times and that's it. And then of course you find out later that obviously one of them basically went crazy. Right. I thought that scene was pretty cool. Seeing the different iterations before Ava. And I think it was interesting that he didn't use the same woman each time. They were yeah. different nationalities, different, you know, yeah, they, their faces look totally different. It wasn't like the same. But did you not remember what he, what Caleb said? He, he said, said, did after, you, did after you, uh, history? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that was a plant the whole time. Maybe. But it was interesting, all the previous versions, unless somewhere, unless he's had other people there. 
That's very possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I just thought of that. Maybe there were other people there that like, oh, I like Asian women. So there's an Asian one in there now. But you know, because you never see anybody else. You just see these different versions of the robot. Yeah, that that very well, very well might happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. I I thought the scenes were brutal when uh, when Nathan was being attacked by Ava and and Kyoko. The whole knife in the back. It was just like silent. Just. It, you know? it felt kind of fake to me, though. It felt fake? I don't know. The way the way the knife went in, I don't know. Maybe that's the way you're supposed to stab somebody, but it just it went in too smooth. He kind of didn't really even flinch so much. It was just more like, hey, you stabbed me. I don't know if maybe that's because of how fast or how powerful they are. I don't know. I don't either. But I do like the fact that he was strong enough to actually try to um, disable them. He tried, yeah. I mean, the, like, like when Ava came after him, he he knocked her down, or you know, she came after him. She grabbed him, knocked him down. He turned her over, hit off one of her arms, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, and then turned around and 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 hit Kyoko in the in the jaw, and she she turned off. Hmm. I mean, it was I, that part was pretty cool. Yeah, I was wondering if the other ones were going to come to life. I think um, he took out all their brains. They're just kind of shells. Mm-hmm. Because he said that he would take their the brain and put it back and then modify. I think he only has one brain. Well, he had he showed us a gel brain, which I thought was a great idea. Instead of wires, it's like this gel that can change. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had one of them, so maybe it was an old one that didn't work, or he's making another one or something like that. But I, I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wet works, he said. I felt like the last 15 minutes of the film – is they had to put as much nudity in as possible. <laughs> Do you not agree? Uh, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, let's show you as, as much naked women as we can. Well, that could be the biblical thing, because that was also um, in that article I read. Right. Um, talking about how when Eve left the Garden of Eden... Uh, they were naked and God clothed them, you know, well for her getting clothed is getting skin on her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It could be that it could be something totally different, I don't, but I'm she not- needed to have skin in order to assimilate with people. Right. You know? Which was interesting. Cause she looked totally different than I would have expected her to look with her skin on. Yeah. She, yeah, she, I don't know why just. You know, because you don't see her. All you see is her face with skin, and that's it. And then you got mm-hmm. the whole body. It's like, oh, okay. You look yeah, I think looked- that was probably because of uh, when she was when she had her skin showing or no skin showing. They had to put extra clothing on the actress, mm-hmm. so that way, is that what you're trying to say? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's just when she actually had like you know a dress on and she actually had skin on her legs and stuff like that. It's just, I don't know. I She looks skinnier than when she didn't have it on. Is that what you're going to? It's something like that. Yeah. Her body looked different. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but yeah, it did look different. Um, but yeah, I mean the whole end, I was surprised at the end where she basically said, see you, Caleb, I'm out of here. I mean, it just goes to show, um, how advanced she was. Mm-hmm. How she can pull off deceit like that. Mm. Now, I was wondering, I don't know which room he's in, but I almost think that, wouldn't it be something, well, no, because 
uh, Nathan still has his card on him. I'm like, if he had Nathan's card or she took Nathan's card, he could reprogram the doors. But yeah, he's kind of Oh, yeah. I don't know if she knows how to program. Oh, no. I mean, she knows how to program herself. Uh-huh. But. but it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm not, then I was curious after she got into the real world. I'm like, okay, so how is she going to cope in the real world? Because are you going to get a job? I mean, the clothes you have on you are eventually going to wear out and stuff like that. Are you going to start? But she doesn't need any sustenance. No, but uh, clothing. Clothing's the big thing. Is she going to steal yeah. clothes from people? Is she going to manipulate humans? Do you want to see a sequel? No. No? No, no, no. I mean, that would ruin the whole thing. I, I was just more like a, like, what would happen? What happened to her in the real world? Yeah. That was my only, that was my only, like, gee whiz moment there. I like how she went to a traffic intersection like she said she wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, that was the, that was the way to end it. It was interesting, though. Yeah. I like that. That's like all the hustle bustle going on that she just wants to go there and watch that. Yeah. And that's that's the other thing. She doesn't look like she's a, a bad AI, like she's going to go take over the world kind of AI. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she just wanted to have her freedom. But, I, but I don't know, though. I mean, the fact that she, yeah, she also left Caleb behind. So I wonder if there's any deceitfulness in, inside her still. Or if that she was just, just didn't. No, she just didn't care. Yeah, that was like. She my, was programmed. I think he said, I think Nathan said she was programmed to use all of her wits to get out. Mm. So, so okay. So, what are your what are your final thoughts on this? I mean, I I love this film. I I loved it when I first saw it. I like it watching it again. It's one of my favorites. I really I really enjoyed it. I I can wait a while to see it again. Um, uh-huh. It was kind of slow moving, but and some of it was kind of predictable to me from the beginning. Like Kyoko, mm-hmm. to me Kyoko was a robot. I'm like, it's got to be. Yeah. I mean, obviously the, the power failures are from Ava, Ava, whatever it is. I'm like, okay. But the whole ending was, was, a, was a nice change on the whole thing. I was like, oh, okay, good. So he's stuck here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got to see this one. This was one of those films. I was like, oh, I got to watch this film. I got to watch this film. I'm glad this came up in our, our rotation. I'm hoping Alex Garland keeps making movies like this instead of, what do you mean with Annihilation? Oh For all that is holy, please don't make another Annihilation. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, but this was really good. I mean, I heard a lot of buzz on it. It only made $30 million at the box office. Yeah, it didn't make a huge amount. But it didn't cost a lot, so it's kind of and It came insane. out in April. That's kind of weird. It's a summer rush, so it's kind of like, uh, sometimes. I'm it sure it made its money back on, like, rentals and. TV oh yeah! Sales. Oh yeah! It yeah. definitely did. It's it's some it's a it's a different film. It's something unique. That's the one thing I will I will take away from it. Yeah. And uh, if you guys want to leave us feedback on any stuff like this, Sci-Fi Watcher at SayProductions.com. And Brian's got a little bit of feedback from the old Facebook page. Yeah, I posted it out there on Facebook to see what my friends thought of this. And uh, I have a filmmaker friend. His name is Brian Gay. Uh, he put that it's an excellent movie, creeping and creepy and thrilling but more or less it's very psychological it subtly dips into religious philosophy as well great performances by all three of the main cast by the way that's brian with a y right (laughs) (laughs) um i also got another friend ty uh gwen on facebook he just put great movie but it is it's you you won't be disappointed it's we watched it what was it netflix yeah netflix hello it's free yeah, go out there and see it. Definitely if you haven't it. seen it yet, go watch it and tell us what you thought of it. 
please do. That's why we say sci-fi watcher at sayproductions.com or drop us a voicemail at 774-327-2948 at 774-32-SAY-IT. And of course, Brian, where can we find you online? Uh, you can always find me on Instagram or Twitter. It's Brian Says. And of course, like as always, you can find us at sayproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher. That's where all 185 episodes are. Check us out. We got four episodes coming out every week. Mondays, we do Doctor Who. Tuesdays, our main episode like this. Wednesday is Orville. Thursday, we're almost done with Hulu original The First. Maybe that's a good sign. <laughs> I'm not going to say any more on that. I think that's all I got to say there. Oh, yeah. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, say productions.com slash YouTube. We'll take you to our YouTube page. Subscribe. Watch us live. Watch us after the fact. We're here live here on Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 midnight UTC. I want to thank everyone out there for downloading this week's episode. And until next time, have a good one. <laughs>